On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about choosing your own freedoms and I tell a story about the absolute nightmare of trying to get guests onto this podcast. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 98 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Hope you've had a good week hope you have been as busy as I have. It feels like this week has not stopped. It feels like an absolute lifetime uh, since I was last here recording this. Of course it wasn't. It was a week ago, obviously, but it feels like it's been a very long time. Um, Just going to give you a bit of a catch up this week, tell you a couple of stories uh, and share a couple of thoughts. Nothing groundbreaking, but should be a fairly decent episode. Um, Where I'll start is giving you an update on what I spoke about last week because you might remember that last week's episode was called something like the worst shape of my life and I basically spoke about the fact that since lockdown uh, I haven't really gone to the gym consistently, I have eaten shit fairly consistently, uh, haven't been going for walks, I've just kind of let that whole area of life slip a little bit Uh, and I decided that as easy as it would have been to be like, right, I'll start on the first of the month or the first day of a week or the the new year. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to start today. I'm going to start straight away because I know there are really simple things that I could have and should have been doing um, to just improve my general health and fitness, right? Like when I'm out of breath, when I have to run for like 60 seconds for a train, that's not ideal. When I'm not going to the gym for weeks on end, despite having two memberships, one here in Wales and one in Corby, that's not ideal. When I'm basing all of my meals around like meal deals and takeaways and restaurants because I'm not planning food in any sort of logical way, that's not ideal. And I guess, I mean, go and listen to the episode if you haven't, but that all came to a head uh, where I basically said, fuck it, let's start again. Let's just build these good habits around health and around fitness. And one of the key ones was joining a new gym which is right next door to where I charge my car because now that I have that electric car one thing I absolutely need to do at least a couple of times a week I would say particularly before I go on big journeys like the drive to Corby that I'm going to do tomorrow the car needs to be basically fully charged now the charger isn't exactly in a convenient location relative to the office it's about I don't know 15 or 20 minutes north from here and the gym I previously had a membership to is in the complete opposite direction from the office by about another 20 minutes now of course I'm not going to do both I was already struggling enough to get to the gym south from here so I was never going to drive south for 20 minutes north for 40 minutes from the gym to charge my car and then home in amongst doing everything else I need to do that was never going to happen so I just went to environment design 101 and got a membership at the gym right next door to the charging point And two things have happened since then. Number one, I've actually gone to the gym a couple of times following a new plan uh, that Chloe made, actually. Chloe is now my official, non-official PT, unqualified, uninsured. But 
good advice. Chloe goes to the gym a lot more often than I do. I was kind of struggling with knowing what to do. And so she kindly pulled together a plan and that's what I'm following. And also my car has been charged a lot, which is another thing that's a fucking nightmare to do. So that little plan seems to be working. Um, Went on Monday and Wednesday is a three day plan. I'm going to go again either tomorrow or Saturday when I'm back in Corby. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. And I've spoken about this when I moved desk a few weeks ago and just like a small change, changed so many other things kind of rippling out from there. This one tiny change of um, tying in something I want to do, i.e. going to the gym with something that I need to do, that being charging my car so it can drive, um, is is really, really powerful. And so just like when I moved desks and I said that I'm going to be thinking about what other changes I can make in life that are small low cost changes that have a big impact i think that historically when i look back 12 months from now that moving gym thing uh, will be a massive massive deal the gym itself i'll be honest is a bit shit it's like a council run gym very run down uh, old equipment it's all just a bit rough but number one it does the job and number two i think that you know you can have the best gym in the world but if you don't fucking go to it it's entirely ineffective so I think that when I look back 12 months from now, that tiny little decision to change gym will be a really big um, kind of inflection point when extrapolated outwards. So there we go. That's a bit of an update. Uh, So Friday, I was in London, went to see England play Albania with my brother. It's an absolute nightmare trying to get to London that day. I got to the train station in Cardiff and I think there was like two to three hours worth of delays on the trains. Now, fortunately, I got there at a time when the timetable was just about recovering, but it still had a bit of a knock-on effect. Um, so I left Wales about an hour later than planned. I then got off the train at Reading, where I was going to leave my bag, literally dump my bag in the hotel, get straight back on the train, get to London, right? Because I was in a bit of a rush already because of that delay. And I'd booked myself a hotel called Reading Central, Premier in Reading Central, it was in no way central at all. It was probably like a, I don't know, 20 minute walk. So got there, dropped that off, got back into London, met my brother, wiggled our way to Wembley because it was just a nightmare getting there with public transport and whatnot. Had to get about two thirds of the way there, then get an Uber. I got to the football about 15 minutes late, um, missed two goals, got there, sat down, Saw three goals in the first half, happy days, and then the second half was just fucking boring. Um, I'll be the first to admit I know nothing about football, but it was almost as if the Albanian team had changed their style of play to defend far more than try and score right. They were just um, locking down every opportunity that England were taking to, I guess, avoid the embarrassment of losing something like 10-0, which is, of course, what happened in the next game when England played whoever the fuck they played the other night. But anyway, the football was good. Um, had to outsmart the crowds of people to get away from Wembley that night because, um, you know, that, that crowd, that queue that forms outside of the tube station must have been tens of thousands of people deep, right? There were 83,000 people in Wembley that night. The vast majority of them were heading to one of those two, either the train station uh, or the tube station. I took one look at the queue. And I'm like, this is not happening. Um, My brother had a train to catch from St Pancras about an hour and a half later. And frankly, I just didn't want to be up all night. So what we did is we cut across the queue, came out onto a side street, which kind of went 
parallel to Wembley Way or whatever it's called. Um, and then we just walked. So if the crowds were going left, we would go right. If they were going up a road, we'd go down a road, basically trying to make the crowds around us thin out more and more and more until such a point where we were basically on a street which looked normal. My thought process being that as soon as we were away from the crowds, we could get an Uber that could A, access us easier and B, not be on surge pricing. That's exactly what we did. Got really lucky because I booked an Uber X, uh, which actually ended up being like a whip of a car that turned up it was like a mercedes-benz s-class with like stars in the roof and heated reclined seats and phone chargers and all sorts because i guess he was just local and picked up the job got a uber to shepherd's bush just because that was on a different tube line because of course what we didn't want to do is get a tube to a station on the same line as wembley and then just be a few stops away and still have massively crowded trains uh, got some pancreas changed to paddington and that was going to be me for the weekend. I was going to go and stay in Reading that night and then get the train home. But when I got to Paddington, I checked my emails. And if you listened to an episode about 30 weeks ago, you'll remember that I spoke about the uh, the Tudor watch that I had put my name on the waitlist for with Harrods. So it's the Tudor Black Bay Harrods edition. It's basically a normal Tudor Black Bay, but there are two differences. Number one it is in the Harrods green and has a bunch of really small detailed changes from the standard watch to the Harrods edition. It's a watch that you can only buy through Harrods. It's the only physical place on the planet where you can buy it. Uh, number two, rather than a standard Black Bay, which, yes, it might hold its money. Uh, the Black Bay Harrods edition has a really, really good resale value on the grey market. So got that email saying my turn on the waiting list had come up. If I wanted to buy it, I needed to go to Harrods in person, pay for it and collect it within the next seven days. It was convenient that I happened to be staying in Reading that night. So emailed, confirmed, went to Harrods the next day. By the way, I was absolutely not dressed the part. Not that I care when I was spending three grand on a watch. But like if you think about the the way the standard person who shops in Harrods, particularly in the fine watches room, looks, that was not me that day. I had packed my bag to dress comfy on a train on the way back from Reading that day, not to go to Harrods. So I turned up absolutely not looking the part, looking like I was off to bloody football training or something the way I was dressed. Um, picked up the watch, paid for it, got it resized, stuck it in a bag, and then got an Uber back to Paddington because um, there's, there's no way I was getting on the tube with that. I mean, you know, is not that anyone could see what was in the bag, but... A Harrods bag made of paper with thin paper handles is like the most bait and stealable item you could probably possibly carry on the tube other than maybe an iPhone. So I jumped in an Uber, um, got back to Paddington, got back to Wales, and then that's it. I've been here working since. It's been busy. We have been launching uh, pre-Black Friday campaigns on behalf of clients. We are, of course, getting ready for or in the case of some clients already ready for black friday and so that's going to be our next couple of weeks black friday cyber monday and then just kind of washing up in the lead up to christmas so everything's still very busy most of my waking hours right now are focused on work and that's just going to be the case until uh mid to late december um a couple of other things that happened i'm not sure if i mentioned the ed Sheeran gig on last week's episode or not i don't think i did but forgive me if i did so i uh, got tickets to see 
Ed Sheeran play his Merry Christmas Gathering, as it's called, which is essentially another really intimate London gig. Uh, that'll be on the 13th of December. And then I saw the other day that Dermot Kennedy, who is one of the only people left on my list of gigs I want to see post-lockdown that I haven't yet managed to see because getting to his Alexandra Palace gig a few weeks ago would have just been impossible because of trains and timings and whatnot. I saw that he announced two uh, shows at the Free Arena, I think it's called, in Dublin on the 13th and the 14th of December. Now, it's my birthday on the 11th of December. There's nothing I love more than travelling to random European cities um, there's nothing I love more than walking around with earphones on on my own, would you believe it? And so I thought, you know what, for my birthday, what I'll do is book a hotel in Dublin for one night, book some super cheap £20 Ryanair flights to Dublin for one night, uh, and then the the final, the missing piece of the puzzle right now, hotel is booked, flight is booked. I just need to be online, up, ready, early tomorrow to try and get those tickets. I'll say tickets, plural, ticket, just me. Um... And then, yeah, that'll be what I'm doing on the 14th. Hopefully by around the 14th, work will have calmed down a bit. So being out of the office for a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, back to back won't be too big of a deal. We'll see. I can always work at the airport and whatnot if need be. But yeah, that is basically the only plans I have between now and then. And I tell you that just to to give you a picture of how busy things are and will be up until that point. Um... Something I have had a chance to do this week, though, and there's a reason I tell you this because it's a funny story, is reaching out to podcast guests. So you might remember a few weeks ago, I said that uh, it was my plan to start reaching out to podcast guests to have episode number 101 onwards be with guests every other week. So if you've been here a while, you know the story. It was always my plan from the beginning of this year onwards to have every other episode be a guest episode. So that means that by this time of the year, we should really have had about 20 to 25 guests, give or take. We've had about six, right? (laughs) I basically gave up on that plan when I realised just how big of a time investment and how, in a way, how demoralising it is trying to get guests because naturally I'm drawn to trying to get guests to have a conversation with on here who I find interesting and by virtue of the fact that I even know who these people are that means they have a following right all of these people who I have watched or read or listened to for however many years they're the people who are at the top of my list of people that I would love to have my own conversation with people who I would love to ask the questions to that I've always wondered it's exactly what happened when we had Ben Pearson and when we had Chris Williamson, when we had Don McGregor, right? These people, I followed their stories for a while. I've wanted to have a chat with them and that's what we did. But they are the exception to the rule in as much as other people at their level, with their following, with their notoriety, understandably get lots and lots of requests. And so if you're not ignored, you're normally told no. And if you're not told no, you have to jump through insane hoops and then wait for like half a year, right? And so trying to do it hand to mouth week by week as I was because I basically stopped reaching out to people once those first few episodes were recorded meant that I was always chasing my tail and I never really caught up with it to the point where kind of halfway through this year when shit got busy I just thought you know what I'm just not going to reach out to guests until 
until I have the time. And of course, the time never comes because you make time to do the things you want to. It was never something I really wanted to do because of what I just said with how demoralizing it is when you get ignored and so on. But as we reach the big round number of 100, which is, of course, two episodes away now as you listen to this, I thought what I'll do is pause on episode 100 like I did on 52 last year give myself three to four weeks away from the daily or rather the weekly grind of recording, uh, editing, processing, uploading, publishing this and use that time to reach out to guests. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And in a way, that's what I have so far been doing. I've been chasing a few people who were kind of warm leads back then. I've been emailing a few more people. Um, And one of the responses I had, if you are on my friends only story, on Instagram, you'll know who this is about. If you're not, I'm not going to say, I just don't think it's fair to to name the person. And also I don't want to because when, not if, but when they have eventually come on to here, um, it'll just be awkward, right? So anyway, I emailed the gatekeeper of somebody, right? It must be his personal assistant or manager or whatever. Like, I don't know what this person's job title is, but basically I emailed them, short little email saying, Um, XYZ person has given me your email address. I hear that you're one hell of a gatekeeper. That was their words, not mine. Um, Here's what I want to do. Here's who I want to chat to. Uh, Here's who's been on the podcast before. Um, Basically, they came back and said, how many downloads do you get? How many reviews do you have on Apple? Blah, blah, blah. All these things trying to quantifiably measure the opportunity by numbers. And as I say constantly, although I don't even check the analytics of this show anymore, I can tell you without even looking, we don't get all that many listeners, right? It's in the low hundreds, which to a person like this is laughably low. To me, it's two years worth of work and I'm proud of it and it's good and it will continue to grow. But for them, obviously, it's not a battle that I was ever going to win based on numbers alone. So I almost try to approach it through um, trying to persuade the person to come on for the sake of it rather than for their own vested interests um so i laid out the numbers and then the the person replied um and when i say blank the blank is the person's name right the person who i wanted on the podcast the first line of the email it wasn't even hi sean or how are you or thanks again back to me it was being blunt blank could go live at any time on his instagram sat in a pub and reach more people and i was like that is the absolute pinnacle like a perfect perfect example of why this is such a struggle and then in fairness to this uh, manager or assistant or whatever their job title is they did go on to explain that they understand the issue entirely right Uh, and I've spoken about this before that secretly half the reason I want these guests on the podcast is because it grows the listeners right and whilst I don't do this to have the highest listener number in the world it's definitely a motivator I'd be lying if I said it wasn't He basically said, look, I get it. I understand that the only way you grow a podcast following is by having big guests. But the only way you get big guests is by having a big podcast following. And so it's this chicken and egg dynamic. Um, And he basically said, look, I can't get this person to record their own podcast, which has 150,000 downloads per episode. So what on earth makes me think I'll be able to get them to record one with and for you when you have like a fraction of a fraction of that many listeners? And to be fair, the whole email itself was fair. 
but that top line of basically saying look this person could go on instagram live in a pub and reach more people instantly why would they come on your podcast is essentially the summary of the challenge and the mountain that i want to climb here right because there are so many people that i want to have conversations with selfishly in a way i'll be honest like it will be a good listening experience for you but these are people who i want to speak to who i want to ask questions to and who i just want to hear from but those people have big followings generally at least right they are very in demand they get lots of requests very frequently and naturally they have to turn most of them down and so i don't know if it'll be every other week when we get round to it but it's definitely my ambition to have way more guest episodes from 101 onwards um, and I think the answer to that I think the way I do that is just consistency right um, I'll be the first to admit that when four or five or six people's assistants come back to me back to back and they're like yeah but no we don't want to do this like maybe email in a year that is a really big kind of roadblock where I'm like yeah you know what if these six people have said it the next six will and the next six will and what's the point but as I've learned with people like Chris, you know, Chris Williamson has, I think somewhere in the region of maybe 40 million downloads on his podcast now, like an enormous, enormous podcast. And the fact that he said yes, and he came on and he gave me his undivided attention for over an hour. If he's willing to do it, other people definitely are. And I know for a fact that once I get a few of these people on, they all kind of know each other. And I hate the word clout, but I'm going to use it in the context of this because essentially that's what the reply to my email was saying. Like that clout between them will go a long way to the point where actually somebody else's assistant uh, referenced the Chris episode when I spoke to them the other day. And now we're going to loop back around in January and get this person on. So basically all of this is to say that I want guests from 101 onwards it's going to be an absolute fucking slog between now and then to get a few of those initial guests on. But I think that once we crack that, um, the next year onwards of this podcast uh, will be a lot more interesting from a guest point of view. I'm thankful, of course, that you stick around and that you listen to me just ramble every week. Um, but I think that we can take this to an altogether more interesting place. And to do that, I need to reach out to more guests. So there we go. And then I don't know how long I've been going for. It feels like a long one. It might not be, but I'm just going to quickly touch on something else that I noted down this week because I follow somebody on Instagram who has made a business out of selling like a course or an info product which teaches other people how to sell courses and info products and coaching and so on, right? And so it's this like full circle thing where the person who sells this course of how to sell courses has to portray themselves in such a way to show that they are living the dream right because if you weren't living a really nice interesting lifestyle then why would other people buy that lifestyle from you and so this person put up a story the other morning walking through a park and said something like um you know it's great that i have so much freedom la 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 my job allows me all this freedom and it just had me thinking because you know i work for myself and that definitely affords me some freedoms, like what we spoke about about 10 minutes ago, right? 13th in London, seeing Ed Sheeran. 14th, uh, flying out to Dublin, seeing Dermot Kennedy. The 15th, spending the time, sorry, spending the day in Dublin, 
16 probably waking up late in the morning because I'll be knackered from the late night flight home. That is freedom. That is a form of freedom. But what I think lots of people forget to mention conveniently online, particularly when they have vested interest when it comes to this stuff, and the reason I want to talk about it is because it's not spoken about enough and people get the wrong idea and then they give up too soon, is the fact that any freedom that you have is earned through letting go of other freedoms. You can't have all of the freedoms in the world, right? You can't have the freedom of incredible health, but also the freedom to eat shit food. You can't have financial freedom and have all the money that you ever want to save and also have the freedom of spending all your money as disposable income instantly. You can't have the freedom of building a focused, incredible career in your 20s, but also the freedom of developing all those other areas in your life that require as much time and focus and attention and discipline and so on, right? Balance is important, but I think there's something that isn't spoken about enough, or perhaps on the flip, something that is purposely misportrayed by lots of people on the internet, including these influencer types, is that you can have all of the freedoms and that there is no sacrifice involved. I think that's nonsense, right? Like I said, I have some freedom through working for myself when it comes to uh, when I choose to work. And I use the word choose loosely because shit happens. Uh, But on the flip side, I don't have the freedom of choosing not to work for a few days, right? Now, not to generalize too much here, but if you work for a business and you're an employee and you don't really fancy coming in because you're a little bit ill or you're hungover and don't really get a lot done in a day, So long as you work for a a reasonably sized business, you can kind of get away with that. When you are the business, when you have to make the decisions, when you're in charge of getting shit done, managing things, managing the flow of work in and out, communicating, like if you don't work, nothing gets done, right? You're letting go of the freedom of some of your time to have freedom in others. And the same is true in a way with things like being unemployed now this is not for a second to suggest that people choose to be unemployed because they don't but you could almost paint the picture particularly if you want to sell a fucking online course that being unemployed is the dream right it comes with loads of freedoms you can wake up when you want you can do what you want uh, you can be out during working hours walking like yes but that comes a lack of financial freedom right and obviously that's an extreme example nobody chooses to be unemployed Um, nobody chooses to have no money But I think my point here is that everything comes down to balance and also in a way, everything comes down to your decisions. You can have whatever freedom you want, but you can't have all of the freedom, right? I think it was, it was either Peter or Ollie that I spoke to about this on the podcast a while back. The fact that there are some areas in my life where for a 25 year old, I think I'm ahead of the curve, right? I'm ahead of my peers even things like experience with public speaking or being able to do this style of monologue for 30 minutes without thinking about it too much or business or marketing or any of these things. I'm probably above average when it comes to kind of time under tension. But that has absolutely come at the cost of other freedoms, right? There are areas of my life that are massively lacking, areas of my life that are to an extent underdeveloped, right? That I just don't pay any attention to that later in life I'll probably regret not having given as much attention to. But you pick your own freedom. You can't have it all. And so you need to sit and ask yourself if there was a course out there that could give me all this freedom in one particular area of life, whether that is more 
financial freedom, whether that is more time to develop a hobby that may one day become a job that you love, whether that's more time to spend with your family, more time in the gym, more uh, time to cook healthy meals so that you can work on bodybuilding, whatever it is, right? You can have that freedom. But as you already know, I'm sure that freedom comes at the cost of other freedoms. And so I think it's really important to focus not only on what you're gaining from a decision, but what you're giving up and vice versa. When something's really hard to give up, when you quite miss the freedom of being able to spaff a grand a month in disposable income because you really enjoy going to the club three times a month and spending all your money on clothes, if that's coming at the greater freedom of saving for, let's say, a mortgage deposit, which gives you almost ultimate freedom, other than the fact that your money's tied into a physical asset for the whole of your life, but that's another story, you can use that as a motivator. So my point here is, people online want you to believe that you can have all the freedoms. You can't, but you can have whatever freedom you want. You just need to choose it. Um, And I think that's the summary. I think that's why I wrote down that note. And I hope that made sense. Um, I think that's it. I think that is all I have for you this week. Uh, Next week will be episode 99. I think that'll be business as usual. Just going to give you an update on whatever happens in the week. Uh, And then for 100, it might turn into a bit of a beast of an episode, to be honest. I think I might uh, either reflect on the past 100 episodes and the past two years of life, because, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but lots has changed in the last two years um, for all of us, for society, for the world, but also for each of us as individuals, myself included. Um, And also, maybe I might answer some more broad questions because you know the the period coming up is and always will be at this time of year like quite a reflective period for me because we've got the kind of year of work that dies down towards the middle of December as things like Black Friday and Christmas close out so I'm reflecting on progress to date with work and what comes next I've got my birthday on the 11th of December which means that I'm reflecting on this year of my life and what I do with the next I've got or we've got rather new year coming up, which is where we all reflect on the next year. And then also 100 episodes and closing this podcast out for a couple of weeks as I take that break uh, between episode 100 and the new year. I just think it would be a nice point to kind of pause uh, and both look back and look forward. So I'm not quite sure what that episode will look like yet, but I think that it will be slightly different to the usual format. I just don't know how. But anyway, before then... Uh, thank you as always for listening hope you have a good week and i'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 99 of life and lessons see you then A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.